Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rooted Podcast. Uh, the reason that we have this podcast every single week, or we try to have it every week, is because we believe that if we are rooted in Scripture, uh, we are going to be able to live a life that is just like Jesus, or as close to Jesus as we can. If we want to live a life that is holy and set apart, then we need to be rooted in Scripture. That whenever whatever comes our way, whatever is thrown our way, that we go back to what we are rooted in, what our foundation is, which we believe that should be Scripture. Um, because if we want to know God, um, we have a whole book that tells us a lot about Him and, and, and everything that He values. And that's why we have this podcast every single week. And we've been talking about a whole bunch of different stuff over the past couple months. And uh, today we are going to continue just this topical series of the church and and Christians. Um, for a while there, we were talking about, about deconstruction, and this is not uh, about that. This is, we're going we're gonna to talk about the current church uh, today, those who, who attend, those who are a part of a church, part of a church plant, um, those who are in in college and try and living a life by themselves for the first time and, and how trying to figure out what church looks like. And we are called Christians. Those who are supposed to be following Christ. The term Christian um, isn't overly a, a biblical term. It is, was described as people who followed Christ. Christ. It, it, some say that it was supposed to be kind of a derogatory term towards the people who followed Jesus, uh, Christ, uh, Christians being little Christ, and uh, the group of Christians adopted that term and and ran with it because it identified probably more about them than the people realized that they were called to be exactly like him, that they were called to die to themselves every single day and potentially just die in general for the gospel message. And that was so radical to the people of that time. And they just thought they were so different. And Jesus kind of called this before everything kind of unfolded, before they were called Christians, when they were just considering themselves, maybe the phrase, the way, this is, this is the only way, uh, Jesus references that um, the only way to heaven is through him, um, which is shortly after the scripture we're going to talk about today. But he, Jesus kind of talked about this and called uh, how Acts was going to start out. And, and I think it was no accident that the disciples remembered what Jesus talked about so many different times and tried their best to create this environment of different commands, surrounding different commands that Jesus did. But we are called to continue to be Christians, and I want to make sure that I, on my daily walk, live by that name. Like, I want to make sure that I actually am a Christian 24-7, 365 days a year, and, and continuing throughout the rest of my life. So Jesus kind of shared just this like baseline understanding of what we are supposed to do. And I think if we do not do this in our daily life, then it will be impossible for us to actually fulfill the mission of being called a Christian. Like being called a Christian, 
involves not only just a label, but it it impacts on a mission, how we're supposed to live our life, what we're supposed to do daily, how we are supposed to treat other. I mean, it, it, it's an all encompassing all encompassing term that we are supposed to live by. So Christian is not just a small adjective, but it is a way of life that is tacked on you that trumps everything in your life. So I want to make sure that me, myself, and anybody who's listening to this, are we Christians? Are we Christians? You know, in, in, in John 13, there's a lot that's going on. Jesus is at the Last Supper. This is where Jesus uh, washes his disciples' feet. He kind of shares what's going to happen, kind of predicts the future a little bit, and he predicts Peter's denial. And there's kind of this, this showing of humility in Jesus' life that even though he is the Messiah, even though he is their rabbi, their teacher— he has no problem making sure that he is in humble standing in his current situation because he wants his disciples to do that to other people. And there's this really cool thing that he says that we have mentioned multiple times, but I, I just want to clarify it, maybe keep it in front of our minds for this week. It says, I, a new command I give you, love one another. As I love you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love another. And I think that's crazy to me. And I, and I think this is, uh, if we want to dive for a minute or two into deconstruction or just why people are leaving the church, is because they read scripture like this and they realize that the congregation or the people they're around aren't really loving, loving each other. In this context that we see in John 13, where Jesus shows that he he loves his disciples by getting down on his knees and being in the position of a servant of washing his disciples' feet to get them ready to have communion through a meal together, to have community. This was something that a slave or a servant would do, and Jesus recommends and shows his disciples that this is the posture that we need to have to other people. And this is a love that I want to show to other people. This is a very, very good thing to do. So when people leave the church, I, whenever people say that they, that they still believe in, in Jesus, it's, it's just not working out. I don't think they can communicate it very well, but when I talk to people, this is why is because when they read this scripture and they see what's going on in the church, it's not, it's not connecting in that sort of way. So I want to make sure that we're Christians. Do we desire for those around us to know Christ or to experience the grace and the love of Christ? I'm, I'm talking about other Christians here. That's what, that's what Jesus is, is talking about. He's saying how you love each other. He's not talking about you to a non-Christian, even though you need to do that. But, but, but first, you need to love each other. You need to love the other Christian that sits next to you on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights or Wednesdays or any time that you gather with, with another, another Christ follower. Like We need to make sure, and Jesus wanted to make sure that his disciples continue to value them each other over themselves. 
that when that whenever it came to it that they need to be in the posture of a servant for their brothers and sisters in Christ. And that needs to happen first before we can ever share Christ with anybody else. Because if we invite somebody into a situation where there is no love, this is not going to last. There's not going to be that connection because we're going to preach on Sundays. We're going to preach in our Bible studies. We're going to preach just in our conversations. And we're going to point to people towards Scripture. And they're, they're going to get to the point where they read the most basic thing, which is the Gospels. And they're not going to see that within the Christian people. And that's why Jesus wanted to make sure that this movement that's about to start that saves people is going to be rooted in, in love. Like, do we, do we actually love each other? Like, we, we put aside our differences. We put aside our political issues. We put, we put aside what we put on Instagram or Facebook or anything else. We put aside our jobs. We put aside our competitive nature against ourselves. And we put ourselves in a position of a servant and, and elevate our brothers and sisters in Christ above ourselves. I mean, even Paul talked about how he, in, in theory, took up his cross. That's what he says. Takes, took up his cross daily. Um, in, in, in term, just sharing that he wanted to make sure that he died to his own personal things in his life so that, so that he did not elevate himself over somebody else, but he could elevate somebody over himself. That he needed to have the position of a servant in all things. And that was so important to him. And it was so important to the other Christians. I mean, I talked about in Acts, early Acts, how they, how they sold everything. I've mentioned this multiple times in the podcast, where they, they sold everything. They, they, they made sure that anybody who was in need could have the things that they needed to make sure that they, they had their daily bread. And they, they relied on each other whenever they were removed from their jobs and removed from their social standings and removed from their families because they decided to follow Jesus. They basically held each other up in love because they knew that being a Christian was the most important thing in their life, and it trumped everything in their life. So what we have now is a church congregation, congregations, which I have no problem with a bunch of different congregations. I, I don't even have a problem with different denominations sometimes. I, I don't. But what I do have a problem with is a church that comes to consume. That a church, they come on Sundays or whenever they worship, whatever day that is, they come not for worship, but they come for power. That they are that that there's a a church full of people that are not that are not faithful with what God has given them. With with the talents and the time and the and the money and. Uh, the friendships and the connections, that they are not faithful with that. That they don't tithe 10%, a minimum of 10%. They don't give God or God ordained money to him. That they don't use the things that God has given them to reach other people. I'm not talking about working for the church. I'm not talking about free labor. I'm not talking about volunteering. I'm just talking about what you have on your daily life. Uh, that you have been given to use it as a platform for Jesus, because that's the most important thing. And and using our time 
the thing, the, the one thing that we all have and we just use it and we just throw it away and we do what we want, but we do come on, on Sundays for an hour. So that means something that we have, have people in the church that are just looking for power and looking for influence. When once again, we see Jesus in a posture of a servant when the servant has no influence and they're okay with that, that they're in a humble position and they're there to love and they're there to take care of. They're not looking for power. That's not what they want. They don't want their way. They don't want to make people do other things. They don't want to dictate things of preference. And the hardest thing about this is, I, I, I can only speak in America and speak in the United States, that we, we have a churches that are full of this and Christians that are full of this, but they don't value Sunday mornings. They don't go to Sunday mornings to give. They don't, they don't give their hearts. They don't give their minds. They don't give in singing songs of praise. They don't give their finances to God. They're not faithful with what God has given them. And we have, we have, we have tons of people like this in the United States, and then they look outside of the church, and they expect non-Christians to have the same morals as them. Or, to be more specific, they expect non-Christians to have the morals and the character that they should have. And that, that is a huge disconnect. That people will follow you. People will come to see what you're all about by how they see how you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the way that we can show that we are Christians. You know, there's a, we're about to go into midterms in, in the United States. There's a bunch of election stuff online. There's a bunch of slander going on between politicians. They're not going by their own merit and what they've done in the past, but they're just talking each other down. And we have a bunch of different bills and different things that are going to be about. And we have a bunch of Christians that are pointing the finger at non-Christians, expecting them to understand why they vote a certain way or why they believe a certain way. And they look down upon them because they don't view the world through the same lens as they do. And, in, and instead of understanding and being like, I get why you don't see why I, what I see, because I look through the lens of Jesus Christ. I look through the lens of being a Christian, and you don't, so I understand that. Instead, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of this too. I'm sure I've done this multiple times over my lifetime. I just get mad and frustrated at the non-Christians because of what they're doing and what they're saying and what they believe, which is, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And that just shows the, the need and the reason for sharing the grace, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the faith that we have in that, the grace that we receive in that. And that is how, that is the only way how you can change a culture to have the same morals as the Christian church, as Christ's church, as the thing that we, that we read in the New Testament, the same morals, the same beliefs, the same outline, 
everything that we want to that we want to try to live by in the New Testament, everything Jesus said, everything the disciples said, everything Paul said, every every belief that we have about um, the end times and, and Re- Re- revelation that basically at the end Jesus is going to come back, and we are able to go and live eternity with Him because of the faith we have in Him. Like that's the hope that we have, and everything believing, everything surrounding that. That there's a huge need, there's a huge need for everybody to believe that. But you cannot point and push people in that direction because you want it a certain way. If it starts with you, if it starts with me, it's not going to go very far. Because I don't have a lot, I don't have that power. Most of the people in this in this podcast don't don't have that power. I, I would even argue nobody on this world has the power to change the hearts of every single person. But there is somebody who was on this earth and who created this earth, who is Jesus, who has that power to change not only their current standing, but the future and after they after they pass from this earth. Right after Jesus talks about how we need to love each other, it's it he mentions that Jesus answers that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you, know, you will know my Father as well. So my question for you, for, for everybody listening to this, is are we actually Christians? Do we treat each other the way that Christians should treat each other? Do we enter into worship as though we are Christians? Or do we enter into worship as though we are consumers and it's about us? I think every, every Christian who listens to this understands and has heard multiple times in their life that you need to die to self and replace yourself with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That you need to remove yourself and put on Christ. If you go into deeper into that, that means that your mind is centered around Jesus Christ. That the things that you care about are of Jesus. That the things that you dislike are of Jesus. The things that you fight against is of Jesus and not of your own preference. How you worship is not about you anymore, but it is about Jesus, that when you receive something, you understand that it is about Jesus and not about yourself. The reason that tithing is is so important is because you put God first, not only just first, but your best, and you trust him that not only are the finances that you give are going to impact the world for Jesus— because he, he, he can do that, and he will do that. But only that, that he will give you your daily bread. That he will give you the things that you need. And I don't, I don't think Christ points people to abundance. I think he gives some people abundance. There's plenty of rich people out there. And I, I find no problem with people being rich. Or people having a lot. But the more you have, the more responsibility you have to make sure that everything that surrounds you and, and, and is consumed upon you or you have 
is of a Christian. And the more you have, the dip more difficult it becomes. The more money you become, more money you have, the more difficult it becomes. The more things you have, the more difficult it becomes. The more time you have, the, the more difficult it becomes. The bigger your family is, the more difficult it becomes. The bigger the job, the bigger the responsibility, the more difficult it becomes because you feel that you could lose it all. Like you have, you have something to lose at this point. But those who are, are poor, those who have little, have an easier time getting on board with the Christian life because they have less to lose. It is easier for them. And it's so, it's so difficult to do this. If it was easy, everybody would do it. I'm, I'm not talking about all of this stuff as though we're perfect at this, that I am perfect at this. I think the reason that we have this podcast in general is because I like looking at Scripture and I like working through what it means when we read these Scriptures, when, what, what Jesus is actually trying to portray, not only in his words, but his actions upon that. That in John 13, he didn't just say love one another, but he first and after showed them how to love one another. Not only for three and a half years, but even up to the point right before this where he gets down on his knees and washes their feet. And then he says, I have a new command, love one another. And then even after that, even going to the cross in love to atone for their sins so that they can have that relationship with God. And they do have the ability to go to heaven because through having faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why I love reading the gospel message. Because we do like to fall in love with what Jesus says. We love to memorize it. We love to read our Bible. Church people that have been going to church for a very long time are really good at, or at reading the Bible and quoting Scripture. But something that we forget is that Jesus also had an action that were not put in his words that surrounded the words that he actually said. That whenever he said something, most of the time he had already performed that those words beforehand, and then he performed those words afterwards to make sure that everybody around him knew what exactly he was talking about. So like I said, love one another. I have loved you, so you must love one another. That is, that is the new command. So as we go out throughout this week, I just the, the question I ask one more time is, are we Christians? Do we desire for those people around us on Sundays, in our community groups, in our Bible studies? Do we actually want them to be elevated above ourselves? Do we want to take the position of a servant as Jesus did? Are we okay with removing our preferences of church, of study, of potlucks, of worship style music, of sermon style, of sermon styles, of church styles? to make sure that we love each other that we can that we are confidently 
um, bearing the name of Christian? Are we, are, we allow, are we okay with throwing off our preferences for that? That we don't continue to be a church that, is, that comes just to consume, that comes just to get a feeling of music, to consume a, a, a sermon from, or, or a talk from some per- person on stage, to consume the benefits of being a part of a Christian congregation, that we're not a church that doesn't come to Sundays for worship, but we come to have our own preferences fulfilled. That all the things that we as Christians receive, or just as people in general receive, that we use that to glorify God in everything that we do. That when we bear the name Christian, it's not just a small adjective that is placed upon us, but it is a way of life. That is, it is a how and a what and a why of everything we do. That is what we need to be rooted in at the beginning of being a Christian. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for myself as, as well, that when we gather together with other Christians, that we keep this in mind. That we value others above ourselves. That we want to point other people to Christian uh, to be a Christian. And we do that first before we ever go outside the buildings and try to convince anybody of anything. Because that is the number one. Is if we can love each other, then we will have an easier time of loving others as well. So dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this scripture and this teaching and the Last Supper and everything that is surrounding that that we can take to heart of what it means to be a Christian, to dying to self, to removing the yoke of and the burdens of our world and we put on the burdens of you, that it looks like we love the way you love, that we care about the things you care about and we, and we fight against the things that you don't like. And we do all of that because we remove our preferences and we put on your preferences that we view the world what is good through your lens of good and not our lens of good. That we go back to the basics of why we gather together in the first place, which is just to give everything to you, to give everything in, in song, to give everything in teaching, to give everything in our actual financial things of this world. That we just give it all to you in and out of season that we are rooted in being a Christian. So whatever season happens, whether we're in a season of plenty, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, that we are rooted in that title of Christian. God, I, I believe that the church is still good. I believe that our congregations still love you. But I pray of a re- revival and a, and a renewing of our hearts to go back to the basics and remember how to love each other so that we can love the non-Christians, that we can welcome them in with open arms and show them the grace, the true grace that your son gave us, that we, we are not in the way of the connection with you to non-Christians. 
God, you are so good. And ask this all in your son's name. Amen. You guys have a great week, and I will see you next